Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Thank you, everyone, for joining today's episode of How Did They Do a Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Sayla Prague. Today, I am honored to be joined by Cole Farrell. Cole is a full-time real estate investor in, and is a founder of Volcan Capital. To date, he owns a portfolio of apartments value at over $3 million in Pennsylvania. Cole has been involved in nearly all aspects of real estate. He has a real estate license in Pennsylvania, where he did professional property management and construction for two years, plus owned flipping and wholesaling company for singles and small multifamily properties in Pennsylvania, where he completes $1 to $2 million in projects a year. Cole has earned a bachelor degree in finance as well as a master degree in administration. He is a founder and host of the Multifamily Master Meetup, the largest local multifamily real estate investment association with several chapters under the brand and also an online branch. So Cole, thank you so much for spending time with me today. How are you doing? Doing great, my gosh. What a warm welcome. And uh, Vaya, thank you so much. So Cole, if you don't mind, if you can share a little bit more about your background and how you get started with real estate to begin with, that would be awesome. Absolutely. I'll try to make it relatively short and sweet. So I got started in real estate when I was uh, 18, 19. Um, I was looking for an option of what I wanted to do with life. I was going to school, get my bachelor's in finance. And uh, my mom and dad both own their own businesses. And so I always kind of grew up seeing that side of things. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to do something in business. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my dad owned a Corvette shop. They built basically old muscle cars. And a lot of his clients, being uh, the people they were, owned businesses and were very wealthy. And he would always ask them, hey, my son's you know, figuring out what he wants to do. What do you do? How did you get to where you're at? And they would always say two things. It was, I own real estate and I own a business. And so we always talked about that. And uh, one of these people was a guy that was local to me in Pennsylvania. And he had a portfolio of apartments in a place called Easton, which is where I am uh, in Lehigh Valley. And we ended up going to dinner with him and building a relationship with this guy. And he was phenomenal. And uh, long story short, I ended up asking him if he would sell or finance a property to me. Mm -hmm. And I was in college, broke, had nothing to show, but I had grit and I would do anything to get started. And he was like, all right, let's try it. So we had that conversation. He's like, I'm in, let's see what happens. And then about a week later, he called me and said, hey, man, are you still interested in real estate? And I was like, mm -hmm. of course. And he's like, great. I just bought a property. You owe me a mortgage and uh, we're meeting in my office tomorrow. So be there. And I was like, oh, God. So ended up getting that duplex. And it was the epitome of a disaster. I mean, drug dealer, tenant, evictions, counter lawsuits, anything that could go wrong, you name it. We had it. Um, uninhabitable, shut down codes, the whole nine. And I learned a lot through that. And I didn't know any better. And I would go and pick up rent from this drug dealer tenant. It was cash. He's always late. He never has enough money. It was a story. So I eventually turned that around and figured out how to do it properly. And then I realized the power in it. And I was like, okay, let's build this bigger. So I started raising money from family because I obviously was still in school and had no grounds and bought a couple more units. And then when I got up to about 13 units, uh, I had a point where I was bartending my way through college. I was going for my master's in uh, admin 
and COVID hit, right? So finishing out school, that graduated, shut down, and then my bar job shut down. So it was kind of this inflection point of, okay, I have these units, the whole world's done, what next? So I thought I'd jump for the moon and I found a local uh, group that did meetings, mm-hmm. and real estate stuff. And I met this guy there that had a great portfolio, super nice. And he ran a management company. I said, hey man, I'd love to do my own management company. I think I'd like to go on my own. Will you kind of teach me the ways? And he was like, sure. So we had a couple meetings. And after that, he said, hey man, like, I don't know how to tell you this, but you don't know anything about what you're doing. You need to come work for me. I'll teach you. And then if you still want to go out, go do your own thing. I'll support you. And I was like, okay, makes sense. Appreciate the honesty. So uh, I worked for this guy for two years and I did management construction. His family kind of took me in and they taught me everything and they were amazing. And, you know, I did whatever had to be done. It was long days, long hours, relentless for no money, but that's part of the game. Mm -hmm. And By the end of that, I learned I hated management and I didn't like construction, at least doing it myself. So I got out of that. I fired all my clients. But the guy that ran that firm, him and I just clicked really well. He was an awesome mentor. We got along well. And we had really um, similar but different uh, strategies, I guess you want to say, or kind of Mm -hmm. complementative viewpoints on things or techniques. So anyways, him and I ended up partnering and we started doing flipping and wholesale together. We don't do any wholesale, but we do wholesale. So we started doing a lot of that. And it was really successful. It worked out good. And through all those different pieces, I was trying to get into the multifamily stuff from the start. I just couldn't do it. And so after doing a couple of flips and learning that game, going through construction, doing PM, having my own rentals, all that kind of good stuff, um, get my degrees, et cetera, I had the backing and kind of the experience to then go into the large multi-space. So again, I took that leap. I did everything I could possible to learn and figure it out and have people on my side. Uh, started my company, started looking for deals, going to the broker route, et cetera, and found a nine unit shortly after, um, closed that. I syndicated it because I just was hell bent on doing it. And I did mm-hmm. I just kind of did that myself and then started looking for more and we're under agreement now for another project and going that route. So that's kind of everything pulled together. Wow, that's an amazing journey. It's like, um, you know, like at 18 and 19 years old and, um, you know, like you started with real estate investing and congratulations to you of finding that, um, you know, like real estate investor who wanted to do a seller financer for, for you as well. And you you took charge of it. So there's a lot of uh, kids around 18, 19 years old who just blunted out and saying, you know what, I want to do real estate. But the next day or so like a week later, it's like, oh, I forgot about it. I want to do something else. Right. So like you stick to it. So congratulations to you on that, on your success. And on top of that, you you went to school at the same time. You know, how do you juggling between schoolwork and also doing the real estate on the side too, especially with no money? Uh, you know, our listener listening right now, if they're like 18, 19 years old or the first freshman in college, well, what would you say to them like uh, to get started? That's a great question. And unfortunately, I don't have uh, a peachy answer. But, you know, I would say it's going to be hell and you're not going to like it. You're going to be working from when you get up, which is very early until when you go to sleep. But that is what it takes to get mm-hmm. farther faster. Um, I would. I took, I think it was 21 credits. So I was doing seven classes at a time. So I wanted wow. to graduate faster. And I would go to school and do whatever I needed to be done for school. I'd finish, do my classwork. And then I would actually go. I worked at Starbucks right before I started bartending. I'd put mm-hmm. in hours just so I could afford to eat and live. And then late nights, I would do the real estate stuff. I would you know, go down if I had to and cut the grass on these properties because, again, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have people for this or do a repair or go collect money or whatever it was. So it was just very long days. And I'm not going to lie, it was stressful. But mm-hmm. the upside is that is what it took. And that is what helped me propel at such a young age and get farther faster. And not only did that help me get farther faster, 
But doing those kind of things and showing that kind of grit, people see that and people mm-hmm. watch you and it kind of brings you credibility. And so going through that and then accomplishing it and coming out on the other side, people notice that, you know, you're willing to do whatever it takes. And so that kind of helped out as well. So I would yes, say it's definitely. So uh, you, you basically like working 24-7, so, you know, go to school during the day, working at Starbucks and also real estate at nighttime. So basically you are night out and early birds at the same time so everywhere. So yeah, so that that's really awesome. I'm very inspired uh, by by your story. At the same time, um, you also like took on a property where you mentioned uh, it's a duplex and with a lot of like a uh, you know, like drug dealers and bad tenants and, you know, like you turn it around. Um, you, I'm pretty sure, you know, like a lot of people are uh, facing the same situations um, on different properties and uh, kudos to those like that, you know, like that never actually faced that situation, but you did. So how did you do to turn it around? Yeah, the plan was simple. So it was in a good area, luckily. I wouldn't say great area, but it wasn't good mm-hmm. enough where it just had rough residence and it was in a little bit of a rougher area, but there was a lot of potential. Um, so I went in and I just threw the one out, evicted them. Obviously, they were a bad tenant again, not like they were this great person. So we got rid of them eventually and then uh, did renovations, made the place beautiful, did what needed to be done and then released it and released it properly by screening them, checking everything that needed to be checked and getting somebody that should be in there. That's like you said, a qualified good person. Mm-hmm. And then do the same thing for the other unit. So it's just kind of a mix of renovations and then being able to attract and screen the right people. Got it, got it. And then also you went to the local group and met this gentleman um, who actually took you under his wings and, um, you know, taught you everything about constructions and everything, right? Uh, also running the pro- property the, pro- the right way. But the thing is like, you know, as a young person like yourself, you know, when you met this person who came to you and say, hey, um, you want to come work for me? You know, you know, obviously you probably didn't get paid right? uh, working for free, right? So what going through your mind is like, hey, wait, is this the guys that I trust enough to be my mentor? tour uh what what's going through your mind and how do you know that this is the right person for you that's a great question and there's a lot of different answers i think given around that i would say it first goes off your gut this guy had a great track record and when i met with him several times he just was a very honest person i can only see that you know from what i the conversations I had with him, but from what I just picked up, I liked him and I trusted him based off of that. And I just had a good gut feeling. And I remember talking to whether it was friends, family, parents, and kind of saying, am I crazy doing this? I'm making almost no money. It was under that. And, you know, but I see the bigger picture and that was the whole point. And I said, I could see where this could take me. I could see the opportunity, but I'm not crazy. Right. And it was kind of a no. So obviously the move was just suck it up and deal with it. Learn as much as you can and as fast as you can, and then see what comes out on the other side. So it was just part of the journey and I trusted it, trusted him. And thankfully it worked out way better than I could have expected. Yeah. So it worked, it worked out pretty well. You learned everything said about real estate basically. And, um, you know, like you mentioned, you found your nine units, um, right after, you know, like you started your company and, um, now you're working on another project as well. Any recommendation to our listeners, you know, like when you get into like a larger, uh, multifamily space, you know, like, um, you started with duplex and then all the way up to 13 units and then go to nine units, which is like, you know, duplex is kind of considered a, of more like a residential. Um, however, it's when you start with five and up, it's more like a commercial. Any any uh, challenges that you see in that transition or that scale along the way? Great question. A couple of challenges that pop out. So one, making that leap from doing everything yourself in one form or another. It's your own property. You don't have other investors or partners usually. 
whether it's a duplex or something else small, to going to a bigger property, whether it's, you know, nine units like the one I did or going to like a 50 unit. In almost all cases, you know, you have partners of some kind on the bigger projects. And so you need to learn how to blend with them. You need to learn how to formulate a really good business plan. And I would say that's where you need to hire somebody to teach you the right ways and the right wrong ways to do things. So I hired a coach when I made the leap from small multi to large multi. And by God, that was one of the best things I ever did. Um, I love my coach to death. I would do anything for him. He taught me so much. And I could not have done it without just their support. And just having somebody to explain the goods and the bads and ask questions to during all those processes was instrumental. Um, but a couple of the just little things that I learned, as I wish somebody would have told me, um, is one, you need a lot of cash on hand to front mm-hmm. stuff. Nobody ever tells you that, whether it's deposits, uh, appraisal fees, third-party fees, whatever it is, you do need a lot of cash on hand. Um, the bigger the project, the more money you need, just however. Two, um, raising is really hard. Uh, if people say it's not hard, I don't know where they came from, but if you've never done it, it's hard. And so it takes time. And so again, you need cash on hand to be able to support when things don't happen like you anticipate mm-hmm. they will. Um, but those are a couple of big things. Right, right. That's cool. And uh, you mentioned about like you hire a coach, um, you know, like to help you transition with that scaling uh, for your business. And, you know, hiring a coach in a multifamily space uh, is way, um, I would say it's uh, uh, extremely difficult to find the right one. And I, I know you you mentioned earlier you had a mentor who, who um, you trust uh, with your gut. But are there any researches that you do that you can share with our listeners to making sure that you pick the right coach? Yeah, another great question. Um <sighs> Finding the right mentor or coach is really just finding the person that you vibe with in a way that has way more experience than you, but someone that you get along with and you trust, right? So it's hard mm-hmm. to figure that out at first. And I definitely understand that, but you kind of just kind of ask the questions how they are and see if it's a, a good fit. So I want to say first thing, finding a good mentor or coach or whatever it may be is it's got to be somebody that you like and that you can spend time with, because if you're going to do it right, you're going to spend a lot of time with them and you need to be able to have those serious conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously second, you need to trust them and trust their product. So you need to go and review who have they taught before. Is it good reviews? Is it good uh, credentials? Do they have the track record? Is it legitimate and dive into their side? And then I would say the only other thing too, is if you're going to be coached, you got to make sure that you are extremely coachable. Um, mm-hmm got to do what they ask you got to do anything that they ask because it's part of the journey whether you know it or not so mm-hmm. I'd say that's a big piece but as far as resources um conferences events i think are the best places because a lot of these things people things uh courses are sold online and some of them are good some of them are bad but meeting somebody in person gives you a different feel and that's kind of how i met mine um and so i would say that's definitely helpful that's that's really helpful. So thank you so much for sharing that. And also you mentioned about, uh, you know, like raising capital is extremely hard, right? And um, especially nowadays, uh, what are some of the challenges that you face with raising capital or talking to investors, um, especially nowadays for your deal and how you navigate those um, questions from the investors? Oh, so many objections, so many pieces to raising. Um, I want to say one overarching one that I think is absolutely critically important that I was taught. Now I tell everybody that I speak to is if you're going to raise and you're going to do the syndication route, you have to view it as you're building a company and you're building a brand. You cannot just have this vision of going out and asking a couple people to raise money or have that adage, you find a good deal, the money will come. No, it really doesn't. Um, The money comes after you built the business and the brand behind it. Um, So I think that is super, super important. And going through that, you just hear every objection under the book. Right now, the big ones are, what are you going to do about rates? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think the market's headed? I mean, anything from the election to 
Is there going to be another black swan event like COVID? And the best thing I could say is you just got to have your answers practiced and upfront. And if you don't know, you don't know, it's fine, but then find out and get back to them. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the rates or whatever it is, nobody's got a crystal ball, just give them your honest opinion, what you truly think and believe and of everything that you've compiled so far and give them the answer. And if somebody doesn't like it, then it is what it is. Move on. There's always another. Right. And you're talking about crystal ball. So now I'm going to be asking you, what is your crystal ball for 2024 is, you know, like with the rates and what, where the market is going. So what's your thought uh, on that? <laughs> uh, you know, this is such a tough question because it is impossible to predict. As you know, it's changing daily. Yep. Uh, so preface it with, I have absolutely no clue and I'm just guessing here, but I think rates are going to keep dropping. I think the election is going to have a huge impact on that. And I don't think they're going super low. I don't think we'll see them, you know, as low as they were for a very long time, but I could easily see them going back into the low sixes, hopefully somewhere in the fives, but that might just be a pipe dream for me because it would help me out. But uh, I just think all signs are pointing to that. It's just going to be a win. So I keep hearing, you know, survive the 25. So it's just, mm-hmm. is it going to be sooner or later is my question. All right. That's awesome. And uh, Coles, um, you know, I want to ask you, you know, like, uh, uh, can you tell us a little bit about, about your company, Volcan Capital, and what you guys are focusing on and which market are you guys focusing on and uh, how you can help uh, real estate investors uh, excel, uh, especially for 2024? Absolutely. So uh, my company, Vulcan Capital, focuses on apartments only. Uh, We don't do really any other asset class. We're really passionate about apartments and just that process. We want to be the absolute best at that. And so that's why we focus there. Um, Our markets are focused where I'm based, which is uh, Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. We're based here just because it's my backyard. I know it. It's very easy. It's a booming market. It's a great place, but it's impossible to find stuff. So besides this local market, uh, we invest in the Carolinas, North Carolina and South Carolina. And we have kind of cutouts around Charlotte to a certain degree around that and preferably Charleston, but we can go West a little bit from that. But the Carolinas are just an awesome, awesome place to invest. Um, So that's kind of where we focus. As far as our kind of model or our I don't know, philosophy, I would say, is twofold. One, on the property side, we look for the classic value add. I know that's like beating a dead horse, but they're definitely out there still. You just got to find them and work harder for them. Um, The 12-unit building that we're closing now is a beautiful value add uh, play. It's just a phenomenal play and deal, and we're excited for it. So it's just proof that as long as you keep looking, you will find it. And besides that, one of our other philosophies with raising is there's a lot of companies out there that focus on accredited only. And it makes sense. I get where they're coming from, from that. Mm -hmm. But we really, really believe in being able to give people financial freedom, especially those that aren't at that level yet. So we focus on 506Bs, which is, you know, word of mouth, no advertising, because we want to really focus on people that need a difference or want to make a difference in their lives, but they are not accredited yet. So that middle gap, and we're just super passionate about having an opportunity for those people that might not have access any other way. That's awesome. Zen Coles, um, my last question for you, you know, like since you invested in real estate um, when you started in uh, like 18 years old until now, you know, how has real estate uh, investing impacted your life so far? Oh, it has absolutely changed everything for me. Um, I am so blessed that I can do whatever I want, whenever I want every day. And without real estate, I could not say that. Um, It has given me opportunity to buy my own house at a young age, get married and do all the great things in life without, you know, scrounging or scraping up pennies to work for somebody else. And that's fine. But my dream was always to do my own thing. And in my eyes, the only way I could have done this is through real estate. So I cannot be more grateful and thankful for my journey and to be able to do the things that I do now. Awesome. I know that was, a, I said that that was a, my, 
final questions, right? But <laughs> I have another final, final question. And Carlos, you know, like for our listener who listening right now and they want to be successful real estate investors in 2024, what advice would you give it to them? The advice I would say for 2024 specifically, but also any other year, honestly, is just to hustle and do more than you've ever done before. I think it's so extremely competitive in the real estate market, no matter what asset class you're in. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just the key is going to be doing more than everybody else and just to be more proficient. So I would say just don't let off the gas, no breaks, just go full throttle and you will be successful. It's just a time game. That's awesome. Cole, so thank you so much for spending time with me today. And so if our listener wanted to find out more about you, connect with you or your company, or even be friend with you in general, where can they go? Yeah, great question. So I'm on every platform. Um, I'm on Facebook under just Cole underscore Farrell, my name. Uh, we're on Instagram as apartments only. And on LinkedIn, same thing with my name. Otherwise, feel free to go to our website, VulcanCapital.com. And if you send us a message, it'll go right to me. Um, but any other way, my email's on there. I'm happy to connect with anybody that wants to chat. That's awesome. Cole, thank you so much again. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.